What a crazy last couple of weeks, right? Well, I hope everybody's surviving. Um, I know higher education has been a little crazy the last few weeks, but we'll make it through. Coronavirus won't beat us. So if you're listening at home or at work or wherever your situation is, um, this week um, we're going to rebroadcast the episode of Kate Post from California State University at Chico. Um, It's a fun episode. We talk about Japanese culture and social media and communication, and it's just awesome. And we all need a happy story right now. So hope you enjoy this episode, and we'll see you next week. I'm Jackie Vetrano from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. And I'm Logan Bishop from Belmont University. You're listening to Higher Ed Social, part of the Connect EDU network. recap my story that we were talking before I hit the record button. Um, so I have a friend at JPL. and Wait, pause. Uh, before you go into this, this is for our listeners. I want Kate to introduce herself first. Okay. Because we're going to go down a, a deep hole here. I can feel it. Because I know we're <laughs> going to talk about space. And we all like space. Yeah, so I'm going to let true. Kate introduce herself and then we'll talk about space. Uh, my name is Kate Post. I work at California State University, Chico, uh, better known as Chico State. I am a digital engagement lead, which is just a gobbledygook way of saying that I am in charge of uh, web content and social media uh, on behalf of the university. So all of its central channels, university homepage, and then I also have some roles doing um, uh, email marketing and things like that. So it's kind of a, a catch-all position. Um, one of the main things with my job is actually I serve as sort of a liaison between our uh, web services tech team and the in the communications department which I'm in and so a lot of my work is evolves around translating what the tech people need and translating what the marketing people need and kind of getting that information back and forth I've been at the university for about nine years um, in a couple of different positions I started out there uh, right out of grad school, uh, not in communications, um, kind of a long story how I got there, but uh, long story short is I have a master's degree in Japanese, and uh, I thought, uh, yeah, I thought I might go into doing um, translation work, but I didn't have a job lined up right outside, of, right out of grad school, and as a graduate student, I had worked in the communications office of my university, so I ended up getting a job at Chico State in communications, and uh, doing a variety of tasks, but one of the things they looked at me and they were like, "Hey, you're like 24. You probably know about like social media. We should probably do that, right?" <laughs> that sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. So this was back in 2010. Uh, you know, so that was where I started creating the university's Facebook page, creating Twitter account, eventually Instagram, eventually Snapchat, all these things. Uh, and so I sort of grew that position. I eventually created a digital media specialist position to focus on social media which was not something that our university had ever thought they needed, but I proved to them we did. And then from there, I've moved into a couple different roles uh, and kind of continued picking that up. But my, my heart really is in the uh, learning by doing of social media and, and that work. Uh, what else can I say? Uh, outside of work, uh, I have been training in um, karate for 24 
24 years, coming up on 25 years. Um, and so I hold a, a fifth degree black belt in uh, what's called Chornru Shorankan uh, Karate. And uh, so outside of work, I teach karate to little kids and adults and uh, hang out. I have a cat. You might yes. interrupt this interview, but other than that, uh, they always I think that's do. kind of me in a okay. nutshell. I have Nico right here. Nico is the I've cat got... that's with me this week. Um, oh, I love Sam cats. was here Very earlier for the last episode, but um, yeah. So I was when I was looking over all of your stuff um, mm -hmm. in, pre in preparation for the show, I was like, Jackie picked a good one. I'm going to like her. <laughs> I have so much in common. Um, uh, like, I don't know. It, it's it makes me happy. Um Oh, and then we started talking about space, which makes me so happy. And I, right. I and then you know. mentioned a master's in Japanese, and I was like, maybe we're not going to talk about space yet. <laughs> well, don't worry. I we'll have get... something that will combine two two of these themes, and something that's on my mind. You oh gosh, so were mentioning cats, and I was mentioning cats and space. And I want to confess that this weekend I have seen Captain Marvel twice. I just saw it today. I have not seen it, but Kate made up for it for me. So between the three of us, we have all seen it. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Um, and I will not give any spoilers to your listeners, but all I will say is that cats have a real starring role in this film. So if you're a cat fan, you should definitely see it. Cats. I have been told that. Day. I have been told that. Yeah. Yeah. There is even a cat coughing up a hairball that turns uh -huh. out to be not a hairball. Oh yep. dear. We're it's getting on spoiler territory, moment. Logan. Be careful. No, we're not. No, we're not. Like cats throw <laughs> up hairballs all the time. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, let's, uh, speaking of space. Uh, so anyway, before we started recording, we were we were having a quick discussion. We realized, you know, we should probably be recording this. Um, a friend of mine in high school. So we were talking about all the like state schools in, in California. And a friend of mine works uh, for Caltech um, at JPL. Um, and uh, it's he is actually married to my best friend from high school. Um, who is also an aerospace engineer. Um, and he's working on the Mars 2020 mission. And I got real lucky and um, in that he took me on a, I got to eat at the cafeteria, like with people that make space probes. Ah, um, and I got to see the Mars 2020 probe. Well, not the probe itself, but the, uh, the arrow, uh, the arrow crane that kind of lowers it down to the, uh, to the surface of the planet as it rockets. Um, and I also got to see uh, the deep space uh, network, um, like control room with, and, and I learned a fun fact that they have peanuts, like like a can of peanut, not a can, but a plastic like jar of peanuts that they, ha they have a new jar, I guess, at every like landing of an important mission. Um, so that was cool. Um, I've got lots of fun pictures from it all. Um, and you had a fun story too, that you were about to say, and I said, okay, let's stop. And you can tell us a story. So I'll let you tell us, Kate. Um, well, I had just been mentioning, cause we were talking about the Mars 2020 that we have a, um, Chico State alum, uh, Sam Clegg, who's working on the instrumentation on the rover. He works, he's a chemist. And so he's working on, I think what's called the super cam and it's going to do, I don't know, cool measurements. Ask a scientist, they'll tell you exactly. Um, but he came back on campus to give an, uh, like an alumna, uh, alum, alumnus lecture uh, a couple weeks ago, and I was so excited to go see him and hear everything about Mars. Um, so yeah, he's doing some really cool work. Uh, so that was really fun to hear from somebody who's like on the inside 
it's it's kind of amazing that whole place it's just cool is he the one that's is is it like the mass spectrometer thing um it's not a mass spectrometer it's like a little bit different than that i don't know if i don't want to organic molecule probably there's probably a scientist listening who will tell you exactly what it is we're gonna Um, lose so many listeners because of this kate it's riding on your shoulders oh no uh all i know is that it's called the super cam and it's gonna measure things in a real super way is what i'm gonna say about that super way i like it super cam yeah um you have to stay friends with this alum to like yeah be like hey man can yeah. i get some mars dust real quick oh my gosh there's a whole it? website for it yeah like literally there's, there's an entire website stuff. dedicated to this one super cam on this one probe and yep that's impressive so the one-liner is that it identifies the chemical composition of rocks and soils including their atomic and molecular makeup so that sounds pretty exciting. We're getting closer to Star Trek every day. Yeah. Uh, Jackie, weren't you saying you had a JPL story too? I was going to say I have a Mars 2020 connection as well. Yes, that's um, right. So about a year ago, I learned at work um, that there was a incoming freshman uh, that I was going to be able to interview for the podcast, and for UNC's podcast, and he, at age 13, submitted during NASA's call for proposals for a suggestion for the landing site of the Mars rover, which I learned is a thing because I mm-hmm. just thought they sent it to Mars and it just kind of landed and then it just hung out on Mars forever. And It's like it, a planet. It, right. Like, it, it, now that you say it like that, I get it. But, like, at the time, <laughs> I was not like oh i wonder where they're going to land the rover on mars like in my brain the answer was on mars um <laughs> turns out this 13 year old was accepted to work on one of the teams that was defending one of the locations so in high school he went to the first of th- or the i'm sorry the first 3 um what they call workshops they have four workshops uh every once a year, so four total over four years, where basically it's like a big presentation. Each of the landing site teams get up and they argue why it's best to place the rover on that spot of Mars. And then I think it should be a reality show because every workshop they eliminate some of them (gasps) until there's like a final three. And his landing site made it all the way to the final round. (gasps) And so right after he started his first semester at UNC, he got to go back to California for the final workshop. Um, His location was not selected, but this kid is a, was 13, he was 13. Yeah, to PhDs about why they should land a rover on a certain spot in Mars. So that is my, so cool. That's my connection to Mars 2020. That wow. is a really cool connection. It's incredible. So shameless plug to go listen to the Alex Longo episode of UNC's Well Said, and you will hear okay. all about his. And he's he's just the nicest kid and super humble. Um, and so I highly recommend going to listen to that episode. Shameless plug over. Just had to share. I am like the president of his fan club. <laughs> uh, students are always doing such cool things like I feel like we only know like like less than one percent of all the cool things that all of our students are doing Absolutely. and like when you find out something like that you're like what do I not know about because there's got to be even more stuff out there 
that is amazing is is just like with such big campuses like you know that students are going to be amazing and you know we only knew about alex because he happened to be covered by his high school newspaper and he's from the area like he's from this area so we kind of caught it but there's no way he would have called us up and been like hey just so you know i'm kind of a genius like like, right Right. you know that's one of the reasons why i love working on a college campus is just because of stuff like this i mean yeah. it's how am, where would i ever be exposed to all this coolness right mm-hmm. yes um, i mean it's... i i think that yeah we a lot of times when we talk about our work we talk about like oh you know it's it's so rewarding to like serve the students and provide like a chance for opportunity blah 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 but really what it's about is that we get all to meet all these cool people and see all mm-hmm. the cool they're doing like early on in their careers and then get to follow them into like whatever greatness they become it's that's really i think one of the main privileges yeah of no i totally agree i would have never been able to do half the things that i've done anywhere else and that's why <laughs> i kind of love where i am and what i do so it makes me happy um, yeah so next question let's yeah. shift gears in japanese like you're really into this <laughs> Japanese thing you have two degrees in it how did that even happen so I mentioned in my introduction that um, I've been doing karate since I was a little kid and so that kind of what is what sparked my interest in Japan and Japanese culture Um, and fortunately where I live in the middle of nowhere in Northern California um, we were talking about this offline before we recorded but uh, Chico is in like north north Northern California (laughs) not like San Francisco, not Sacramento, even further north than that, in what I affectionately call the Midwest of California. Uh, It's full of agriculture and, you know, friendly people and no cities or anything like that. Uh, But anyway, in my small town in the middle of nowhere, at my high school, we actually had a Japanese program where you could take Japanese as your foreign language instead of Spanish or French or German. So uh, I, of course, signed up for that, and I loved it. And I really just fell in love with the language. It's a really interesting, complex language. It, the expressions are um, just so unique. And there's a lot of things that you can, especially um, uh, descriptions of emotions or like aesthetic beauty. There are so many more descriptive words in Japanese that we just don't have in English. And so I've just always really been fascinated by the language. And so um, when I graduated high school, I went to college and I was like, I'm going to major in English. I like writing and reading and I'm good at it. And that's what I'm going to study. But I figured I should keep taking Japanese because it's always good to keep your language skills up. And uh, when I got to college, uh, this was at UC Berkeley, uh, I found out that uh, English majors, at least at this school, were very competitive and not all that nice. Um, And I was not competitive, and I was really not interested in, like, getting into really intense, heated debates over literature. Uh, I liked literature, but I didn't care enough to, like, go to war over it. Uh, So I found myself not enjoying those classes maybe quite as much as uh, I thought I would. And what I really enjoyed still was my Japanese classes. So I ended up majoring in Japanese, and when I graduated, I went and lived and worked in Japan for a year. I taught English over there through the JET program, and uh, I taught in this tiny village in the middle of nowhere. I was just talking about how Chico is a small place, but this was like literally a village, not a town, not a city. 
a village. Right. Um, and, uh, like, you know, one lane street through the town. Um, and I loved it. It was amazing. I didn't know that I would enjoy it as much as I did, but um, I just had a fabulous time. And so I came out of that thinking I either want to teach Japanese or be a Japanese translator. And so I came back to the States and went to grad school for that. Uh, and then life took me in a different direction. I sort of fell in love with my social media world, and uh, I still keep up with my Japanese on the side, but that's not where my career is now. So where was the village? Just curious. Um, so it's in um, Akita, or Akita, if you're American, uh, <laughs> and you're from the dogs. Um, so that's in the uh, northwest uh, side of Japan. Uh, if you're familiar with Japanese geography at all, uh, in 2011, the tsunami and everything was on Sendai, which is like Sendai area, which is on the east coast. Um, I was exactly on the opposite side of Japan. On that. Honshu? Yep. Okay. Yeah. I am so, nowhere. Um, I'm not going to even pretend to know Japanese culture like you do, but mm-hmm. I, it is one of my hobbies. Yeah. No, it's, it's a really interesting culture. There's a, a lot of really rich history. Um, a lot of times when I tell people that I study Japanese, they uh, ask if I'm interested in like anime or manga. And I have to say, those are not really what drove me to be interested in Japanese culture. So while I've, you know, I, I appreciate them, that's not really my, you know, my main hobby or anything. Um, really, I've fallen in love actually more with um, like historical and classical Japanese literature and culture and just kind of how that's transformed into the modern day. And yeah. So that's just sort of a little background piece on me, I guess. Wow. So by accident, you fell into social media? Mm-hmm. That's, that's me, yeah, too. I'm, so... I'm a biology major, so I just kind of fell into it, too. Yeah. No, and so I, you know, I was actually I was giving a, a class talk on campus to talk about writing for the web and social media. And one of the questions I got from a student was like, how did you go from having a degree in Japanese to like having a career in communications? And how I explained it to the student um, is that, you know, I studied um, translation and language and really the heart of what I was learning in my classes is really how to take some message, some unit of meaning, break it down to what is essential about it and then re-communicate it in a different way. And with translation, obviously you're translating it from one language to another and there's cultural nuances to that and everything. But in the work I do now with social media or any kind of communication, oftentimes you're taking a message that is maybe three pages long and you need to fit it into a tweet. It really is those same skills of breaking down a message. Who is your audience? How are they best gonna receive it? How do you need to portray it so that they understand what you're trying to get at? and then repackaging that in a way for your audience. And so I, while I don't necessarily speak Japanese every day, I use my translation skills every day in the work that I do. Um, so, I mean, essentially that's what I love about communication, whether it's in translation or in you know English, working in social media or web or wherever, it really is just about uh, understanding your source material, finding um, interesting and different ways to portray that to your audience. Um, so I really love that kind of work. Hey, we've learned from many interesting people on the show. I think we had a, we had a linguist, psycholinguist once. Yeah. Um, and she told yeah. us how it, how knowing a second language can actually change the way you look at things. Um, oh. Just even by the way your brain works and mm-hmm. it's fascinating. 
And anyway, with, with what you're doing, like, it's just going to help you no matter what. I mean, even if you don't use it every day, the, the mm-hmm. way you think about things is just different. And it just, mm-hmm. and I find that even with my biology major, I use the kinds of things that I use in biology, like recognizing patterns and, and understanding statistics and all of that kind of stuff. I use that every day. And, you know, that's why I still like to read science papers from time to time um, and kind of keep up with what I do because it's helpful, um, if not just to exercise your brain a little bit, but also to, you know, maybe you'll see something that's either really good party trivia or <laughs> or something that is, uh, I don't know, just a different way of looking at things. So. Yeah, and that, isn't that, I mean, that's essentially what higher education is all about, right? It's learning these skills that teach us how to learn, how to consume information, how to interpret the world around us. Like that's, no matter what degree you're studying, those are the kind of the essential skills you learn in any degree. Um, and those are the things that, I mean, we've all found coming from different kind of educational backgrounds into a similar career that really those fundamental things on how to understand and interpret the world that you learned in higher education are what are fueling you now today in your professional world. And so when we look at our students who are like, oh, I don't know what I want to do after I graduate or, you know, I don't know what my job is, you know, what I say to them is, you know, be here now, absorb what you can in terms of these like communication skills, reading skills, you know, interpretation skills, all of those things are going to serve you no matter what your career looks like. When I was in college, the job that I have now literally did not exist because the technology did not exist. Yep. So you never know what the world is going to look like in 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years. Um, so what you can take from that is those fundamentals that we're all learning um, in this pursuit of higher ed. I literally had this conversation with a student like last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's just fascinating, um, this need to know what you're going to do for the rest of your life. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the real question that you should think, and man, the last week's episode of Last Week Tonight with John Oliver said it really well, too, because they were talking about automation. Um, maybe we shouldn't look at our, maybe we shouldn't look at a single career that we're going to have for the rest of our lives, but think of our lives as like episodes of a or seasons of, of long running series, I guess, um, where, you know, we're going to have different story arcs and different things are going to happen. And Mm -hmm. we may not be what we are right now, 10 years from now, we may be something completely different. You know, maybe this whole social media thing will collapse in on itself because Facebook decided, uh, (laughs) maybe privacy is more important. Mm -hmm. Not that that someone said that last week. Um, but you know, the way, I mean, 10 years ago, Facebook wasn't a thing, right? You know, yeah. 15 years yeah, ago, no, totally. we weren't emailing students. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. true. so who knows what, what's coming next? Um, but I do know this. I mean, I know that the social media landscape is changing and you know, what Mark Zuckerberg said about social media going from a public thing kind of forum to a private forum, I think is becoming truer and truer every day. I mean, you look at, um, you look at Instagram stories, you look at Snapchat, it's not about sending stuff out to everybody. It's in the public, it's, it's sending it out to the people you care about and maybe even only the people you care about. 
Um, I actually think that the close friends like option on Instagram is probably one of the coolest, awesomest things ever. Um, Cause now I can just send it to the people I actually care about and not the people that, um, you know, yeah, it's kind of interesting because in some ways it's like we've come full circle because this and that, I mean, that's how like Facebook started was it was literally your friends and right. then it got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and all these other different platforms got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So it's kind of interesting that we've kind of come back full circle of like, but actually we really want to socialize with the people that we know and that we want to socialize with, not the whole world. Um, right. So I think it's kind of interesting. And I wonder if that will continue, like that pendulum will continue to swing back and forth or what that will look like. When I first joined the internet. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say it's frustrating for brands because we're trying to get in on those conversations and it's consumers don't want it. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's frustrating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, We had that struggle with like with Snapchat, right? Because Mm -hmm. a lot as with a lot of universities were like, Oh, we should have a presence on there. You know, like, that's where the young people are and all this. But, like, our students are not really excited to interact with us on Snapchat. No. They don't mm-hmm. really – they don't want, like, mom and dad, like, hanging out on their Snapchat. They right. don't want their university really there either. And so we struggled for a long time with, like, how should we be using this or using it well? And so we kind of moved to, a, like, a student takeover model, which I've mm-hmm. seen other universities do, yeah, um, do where it – yeah, where it's like, yeah, it's just a day in the life of, of the student. And that has been fairly successful. But again, like, I still, like, our following is not very big there. Like, our where we definitely have much more success on Instagram, where people are more open to it, engaging with brands, I think. Um, so, yeah, it is, as Jackie said, kind of a constant struggle. But it keeps us having a job, so. That's right. Yeah, it's true. Job security. Job security. Mm-hmm. Unless we'll all be in positions that haven't been created yet. <laughs> well, I'm already starting to see the students that are leaving are like, in a lot of ways, in very specific things, better than I am. Mm-hmm. And it is just, I mean, I'll take video. I mean, the students that co- that are coming out and making stuff for us on my student street team are just epic and amazing. Um, and I don't think that I could ever have that good a talent in storytelling in a visual medium like they do. And yeah. they're all going to be our bosses one day. Yeah, it's yeah. true. It's okay. I'll, I'll welcome that time. <laughs> well, with that said, I think that's a great place to end the show. Well, thank you so much for uh, having me. This was really, it's, I really love talking about kind of the passion for higher ed with, with other passionate folks. So <laughs> thank you for having me. Of course, we loved having you. Yeah, it was great talking to you, and um, thanks for being on the show. And thanks to you listeners for uh, joining us this week and listening in. So um, you can head down to higher and get links to the stuff we talked about today. Um, and subscribe to the show anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, If you like the show, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps people find us, um, and it lets us know what you think of the show. We've got 13, and we've still got a five-star rating. So, you know, if you want to give us another one, 14 would be great. Um, Anyway, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at HES Podcast. Send us a tweet. We love talking to you. And don't forget to let us know if you want to be on the show. Uh, Big thanks to Emma and Mariah. Uh, They help us with production and social media on the podcast. Um, higher Ed Social is part of the Connect EDU network, the first podcast network for higher education. Visit 
the website connectedu.network and subscribe. Uh, see, I messed it up. Uh, and subscribe to some awesome shows no matter where you work on campus. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>